3: This is the Decibel Geek Podcast with Aaron Camaro and Chris Sinzak.
0: All right, welcome back once again. It is that all-important time. You love it every single week. It's the Decibel Geek Podcast. And yeah, we're back from Bizarro World. We're back at you once again. I'm Aaron Camaro, joined as always by Chris Sinzak. How's it going, my friend?
1: Excellent, man. I'm, I couldn't be doing better. I know. I haven't. my the smile has not fallen off my face yeah,
0: in quite a while now since I got the news.
1: Yeah, we got we got uh, I have to also give props on the show too. Joey Haney from the Rock Strikes 10 podcast. Yeah, sent me a message, uh, I guess it was yesterday, and says, "Hey dude, you guys are number 78 on the iTunes top 200 chart. You're, you're 15 spots away from Eddie Trump." that's amazing and I was so glad he sent me that because you know I was like wanted to get the screenshot while I could and I got the screenshot and uh, yeah it's the highest placement we've ever gotten on the on the charts
0: yeah First time I mean, we've ever
1: been in the top 100.
0: I remember back when we were we just ranked 100-something. 100 you know? 179. Oh, yeah, we're number one. 79. Yeah. Yeah, and I was so proud of us then, yeah, you know. And, yeah. and really, what it boils down to me to me is it makes me feel so good because I know so many people are behind us and yeah. so many people are digging what we're doing. And we're proving that still in today's day and age, rock and roll music, hard rock and heavy metal is still very cool and very relevant.
1: It's not dead at all.
0: Not at all. Not around here.
1: Not in our world. But yeah, it was uh it was exciting and you know, you guys that listen to the show and you know, share the links every week and buy the t-shirts and leave the reviews all yeah. you guys are the best man you know we we love doing the show in general but man we i don't know that we ever thought we would have this kind of following because you guys are really dedicated to what we do
0: right we may be maybe the rocket but you guys are the fuel
1: absolutely well, yeah it's just it makes it that much more fun to do this show so Heck yeah so keep uh supporting us if you haven't left the itunes review leave another one I even had a few people share the picture of the screenshot saying let's get it higher so hey if you want to help us get higher we're all for than, that more than appreciate it. <laughs> we're
0: always up for getting a little higher <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, Cheech. <laughs> all right well coming out of bizarro world last week we had a lot of great response to that yeah and a lot of people that shared it we've got a great show lined up for us today well i gotta get oh to the we're gonna have so much fun but yeah i was just gonna say you know speaking of all the people that support us and help us out we got geeks of the week here we go
1: Todd Cunningham, Matt Ashcraft, Howard Tate, Warren Money, Chris Karam, Cal Hens, Derek Novak, Justin A6, Dan Miles, Mike Blunt, Shane Aber, Matt Severson of the Paperback Rocker Podcast, Scott Ollinger, Brent Walter, Brian Knapp, Chad Pollock, Music, Mags, and Wax, Hoops, Adam Cox, Raw Magazine, Hot Metal Magazine, Loudmouth Column, Faces Rocks Magazine, Viking Girl, Pep Pep, Jack Broad, Joel DeLorge, Snark at the Moon, Billy Hardaway, Nick Rose, Robert, Collins, and Singer International.
0: Fantastic. Love everybody that's been helping us out. I can't believe it. Number 78. We are awesome. But we couldn't do it without everybody listening and supporting us as you have we thank you. If you're brand new to the show, Welcome. you picked a hell of a week to tune in.
1: Yeah, this is uh, some people that, uh, if you didn't listen to the Roth era Van Halen discussion we did, go back and listen to that first. But uh, you may be saying, you saw the artwork and the name for the episode, you're like, Conversation with Todd Zilla. Who the hell
0: is Todd Zilla? Oh, man, if you don't know, like Chris said, go back and check it out. Yeah. Get yourself acquainted and then catch up with us right now mm-hmm. because Todd Zilla's back. And he's packing some serious <clears throat> entertaining stories. Oh, yeah, man. We're going to hear stories about vinnie vincent yeah ace we're gonna fraley. hear stories about ace fraley about sebastian bach an amazing story about gene simmons gene Simmons, and a lot of good stuff about billy gibbons yeah
1: there's a it's a rock legends are discussed all throughout and it's a long talk but man todd
0: brought it last time with the van halen stories and he he had more great stories this time yeah you guys wanted him back and he's back today and what a storyteller and man what a bunch of amazing circumstances this guy has found himself in and he's going to mm-hmm. share them with us right yeah. here today
1: yeah and he's uh He's got a band called Hammer, and you'll hear, as you heard on the intro music, and you'll hear on all the breaks and all the outro music, that's all Hammer. and there's a link in the show notes to that stuff. So if you like it, check it out. Support Todd and what he's doing. Great and, music. And also in the next year, looks like a documentary's coming out on him, and we'll get to all of all the discussion of all of that as we get into the talk. Indeed. But we got a lot of stuff to get to, so guys, enjoy our talk with Toddzilla. Share it, retweet it, all that good stuff. Thanks so much. dealing by and Kara. Oof. And, uh, well, so he has uh, Enough's Enough doing, um, believe it or not, the Greatest American Hero theme song. Really? Yeah, it's really cool.
3: I
4: heard the other day, I heard one that I thought was absolutely god-awful. What? It was um, Soundgarden doing uh, Thank You for Letting Me Be Myself, the slice Stone song. I've never yeah. heard of
3: that one. It was. I, I
4: was like, they did. What, yeah. what album they do that on? I think they did it a long time ago, and somebody Plus put, just now releasing it. Yeah. And there's a good reason why they didn't release it, in my opinion. Right. Yeah. I just I like it's those bad. guys. I I'd really like them. I yeah. love Chris Cornell's voice, but God, it was like,
0: how could you pound every ounce of funk out right. of a song? Right? Yeah, was it say. was
4: just. Why yeah. did you do that? They
0: seem like kind of a dry band to be and doing it, it, something it, it, so funky and that's like exactly that. Exactly
1: what
4: yeah. they did. And
1: it yeah, it's just like uh, I mean, no one's <clears> ever confused <throat> Groove and Soundgarden. So. Right, right, right. <laughs> as much as I like them too, but <clears throat> because they're, <clears> they're you know, not made for that kind they're of. Song. Not made for that. <laughs> Although Tesla does a good cover of "I Want to Take You Higher." Yeah, they do. I have and heard that, that but but real the real album. That's good. Yeah, yeah. yeah. so um, so yeah, we. Uh, you're one of our most popular guests that we've ever had on the show we you came on for the Van Halen Roth era talk yeah right and uh, amazing it's... how much email we got over like that guy needs to come back on and tell more
4: stories and I think it was just a guitar player yeah just... <laughs> little of the Van Halen thing yeah go ahead <laughs> I think I did that one before already <laughs> let's see
0: We need to hire Todd to sit in on every interview yeah. we do. And just, just, the yeah. sound sound just yeah. play along with whatever song whatever band we're talking to or whatever artist you just <laughs> <laughs> so boneheaded. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, the, uh, the, the
1: the biggest rave reviews were for the uh the story about David Lee Ross Atlas chaps on stage what oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you witnessed in the audience yeah,
4: <laughs> you know, yeah it, was, it, it was all true like I, you know uh, names were changed to protect the guilty as hell but yeah <laughs> <laughs> absolutely yeah it was, it was a lot of fun but yeah uh, so, you know.
1: so yeah that, we had mm-hmm. rave reviews for that and then we stayed in touch with you and you know people keep saying have him back on and <laughs> you're in the middle of uh quite A lot of activity lately.
4: Yeah, it's uh, you know, my new band Funk Hammer is kind of uh, you know, starting to get a lot of attention, and um, you know, it's uh, Jones World is still rolling f- full force, you know, we still do that as much as we ever did, and, mm-hmm. and um, and you know, that band is a little different because it's kind of more like a big giant family than it is actually a band, literally, and we, yeah, and yeah. this, and and it, so. We don't really do it that much, and it's impossible to travel, so we, it's kind of more of just for fun kind of thing. But, mm. but it's a hell of a lot of fun when we do. It. Yeah. I've the reason why my TV voice sounds like, like it does is because I we just did a Jones World show last night. And right. just My voice is torched. So nice. You know, it's just the way it works. But, right. Yeah. yeah I, I, we'll get it through it. Right. But um, but but you know we're we're still going full force with Jones World, and and then Funk Hammer is a completely different thing. It's a, just a trio. Mm-hmm. And gets I get to show off a lot more of my guitar skills and 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 the songs that I kind of came up with when I was recovering from my heart surgery mm-hmm. in 2012 sat on the couch and just had to you know just couldn't do anything except for sit there with a the guitar so I just wrote a bunch of songs right a bunch of songs and then afterwards right it's kind of like well some of these songs could fit Jones World but some of them are different so mm-hmm. let's do something different right And I got a got a really great band with. Uh, with a couple of guys uh, Golden Hunt and Philip Kelly oh
1: Golden and, from and, uh, Return to Cell yes I didn't yeah, know he played the funk yeah
4: camera. he's the he's, he's my funk best. does, does he still have the dreads no he cut them off cut the him off. day before he came the first time and he said I walked in to rehearsal and I took one look at your hair and I went damn because <laughs> <laughs> he just cut them off you know? Damn. Oh, wow. but uh, he's a great but, player yeah he's a great player and yeah. and uh, the addition of putting him in there it just it, it, that was when the magic really all of a sudden happened because we all just kind of it was instant chemistry and yeah. locked up oh, sure. and it was just yeah it's turned out to be a really cool thing and we're getting a lot of attention and then
1: and also while we're on funk hammer the music you're hearing inner intro outro all that that's funk hammer stuff that you're hearing so, and there'll be links on the show notes to uh, purchase that stuff.
4: Awesome, so, awesome. Well, yeah. you know, I just want to get it out there. You gotta you know, the yeah. Got to get the plug in. Yeah, I want to get it out there. and I hope people like it. It's it's funk, but it's guitar based rock and roll at the yeah. same time. It's just kind of I don't know. It's just all my influences kind of put in a bowl and stirred up, and then there you have it. It is what it is. And I, yeah.
1: as far as uh, Jones World's concerned, uh, I've seen you a number of times live, but uh, my wife got. I took my wife to see you guys play, and it was. Jones World and um, Music City Burlesque. Oh yeah, at uh, Limelight. <laughs> I, I remember that. And I took her to, and I dragged her to local band shows over the years. And she's not a big hard rock and metal fan. And right. she she'd usually leave like, okay, did you? Have, I hope you had fun because she didn't. Right? <laughs> and we left that show, and she's like, you finally took me to a concert I actually had fun at. Cool. So yeah, she
3: loved these guys. Right.
1: Yeah. Um, it's know, a party.
4: Yeah, it's 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 a, it's a different thing. It's it's you know it's like a circus. Yeah. And you know it's just you never know which way it's going to turn, and that's kind of part of the fun of it,
0: <laughs> right? On. So,
1: and then we'll we'll talk about the movie a little bit later. But let's get into some stories because you've got quite a few. And I I sent you a question saying, <laughs> you know, do you have any idea who you want to talk about when you come on? Because well, I all storytelling. Yeah,
0: that's the thing. That's why the listeners dug the last Van Halen thing right, we did right. so much because all the great stories. Yeah, Todd, you're like, storyteller can we can we
4: hear some more stories today okay uh, I'll, i'll start i will say this the first famous person that I ever saw when I moved to Nashville. I moved to Nashville in 1985. Mm-hmm. I was in college. I was going to, to Middle Tennessee State study, studying the recording industry program there. I did, too. And, uh, you know,
3: it's rim rim forever. Yeah. But anyway. No but, money. Yeah.
4: <laughs> Useless degree. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, it was a great time. I loved the... I got a great education there. All but... Right the music business works a little differently they don't go with pieces of paper they go with who you know Mm -hmm. but anyway so I'm a I'm just new to town I think I started you know started in the August and and by about September I think they every year they used to do this thing called the Harlan Howard birthday bash Harlan Howard was this famous songwriter he'd written all these big hits in the 70s and 80s Mm -hmm. Very well loved, very beloved guy, and they and BMI would throw the Harlan Howard birthday bash, uh, and I think it might have even been some type of a fundraiser or something. But they would do it every year in the parking lot of BMI, mm-hmm. and they would set up a big stage and they would have you know like a top level country artist would headline the thing.
5: Mm-hmm.
4: Well, through the Association of Recording Management Students, arms at, at MTSU, they they got us to come up and basically you know. Uh, Help out and just kind of uh, volunteer our services. I ended up on the beer truck that night and I was pulling beers, you know, for, and handing them to people. And somebody said, um, "We need somebody to run this something. It might have been a cooler or something. I can't remember exactly what it was because it was a long time ago." But they, they said. We need you to take, we need a runner to run this to the artist tent right beside the stage. Mm. It was like a holding area for the artist, kind of the green room, but it was a tent outside because the whole thing was out in the parking lot. Yeah. So I said, I'll do it. So I run this, we'll say it's a cooler. I run this cooler over to the tent, and Roseanne Cash was the headliner that night. She was right at the peak of her career. Mm-hmm. And I go up to the tent. And again, I've been in Nashville for like a month, and the first famous person I saw standing outside of that tent was Johnny Cash. Nice, wow. man in black, standing there, holding a live peacock under his <laughs> arm. <I'm> like, what? <laughs> of course, you know, it, it, was, just it, was a, it was a present. For Roseanne, and he was standing there. Oh, I got this for Roseanne. And
5: it, was just like,
4: it was bizarre, Whoa. and I just remember thinking to myself, "This is going to be a fun place to live yeah. <laughs> yeah. if that's the kind of thing that that happens." You wow. know. And uh, and then about then about ten minutes later, after I'm standing there going, "I just saw Johnny Cash," then uh, um, Catherine Bach, Daisy Duke walks up yeah. in there. Wearing the hottest little mini dress. I was and like, she was in her Damn! Yeah, Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. She you was killing it. it. And it was just like, okay, let me go get a napkin. <laughs> <laughs> I'm
0: never leaving this See, town. Yeah.
4: So that was, that was my the very first thing that ever happened to me when I was, you know, less than a month in. That's a um,
0: hell of a welcome to Music City. That yeah, well, was
1: pretty cool. Well, I bet you yeah. called a bunch of people and told them about that.
4: I, yeah. I remember calling my sister and she yeah. and my sister Jan, who lives in Florida, and, and she just was like ecstatic. I can't believe you saw Johnny Cash! <laughs> and he was holding a peacock! <laughs> you
5: know,
4: I mean, it was just the most bizarre thing. I mean, the thing's feathers were like down behind him touching the ground. I mean, it yeah. was sitting there going... You know, wow. was and he was just the,
0: holding like holding
4: a live peacock, <laughs> <laughs> and everybody was kind of going, "What the hell's he gonna do?" <laughs> <laughs>
0: it was '85. He was gonna go up there and top Ozzy, yeah. right?
5: Exactly. <laughs> oh
4: boy!
1: So, and yeah. Nashville was much more of a small town back then, too. Oh yeah, I mean, you know,
4: it's 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 really grown. It's amazing how much Nashville's grown and how, you know, again for. For 30 years, I've been in Nashville, and they've been saying, oh, we're on the verge, we're on the verge, and the, the rock scene is just going to break. And I've been sitting around for 30 years going, yeah, yeah, I've heard this before, blah, blah, blah. But I don't tell you, right now, yeah. all you got to do is look around. It's, yeah. blowing, it's up. blowing up. It's blowing up. Yeah. I mean, yeah. people are everywhere. People are really paying attention to Nashville in mm-hmm. a way that they haven't before. Right. It's... Nashville's always had that stigma. Somebody told me one time, Todd, if I had a band from Nashville, I'd call it the Nashville stigma, because there's nothing bigger than that.
2: <laughs> because right. very, well, there's so.
4: always been this thing that you know, the country thing, the country thing overshadows everything, yeah, and right. as well it should in a way, yeah. because I mean that's where most of the bulk of the commerce is. Sure. You know, my clients at at the place where I work, most of them they make their living playing country music. Yeah. Now. A lot of them are guys like us that really want to rock, right. but they make their living playing yeah. playing country. But sure. but you know, ultimately you, it's just that Nashville's always had that stigma of, well, we're all sitting on hay bales, you know, in cowboy hats with boots on, and you know, let me tell you, folks the only people that wear cowboy hats in Nashville are the tourists. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, it's true, you know. And you you just ultimately, as somebody who is not a country guy, you know, it's like you're fighting uphill, you know, all the time. And we all have that frustration. But I can tell you now that I really believe that the rest of the world's perception in a way probably... I think it really started... It started when two things happened. It started when Jack White moved here. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then the Black Keys guys kind of followed him.
1: Mm-hmm. like as In more ways than one. Right. It, and, it, yeah. <laughs>
4: but... And then that stupid TV show, Soap Opera. Nashville, yeah. There's just... All of a sudden, it's kind of changed people's perspective of what Nashville is. Yeah. And they're not... Looking at us anymore, like, yeah, y'all are just, you know, bumpkins. What do you? Mm. You don't know anything. Now everybody's going,
3: what do you got? Yeah, right. You know? so I suppose and that, that show gives time. people
0: a different perspective on it. it's yeah. not just hillbillies, you know, <laughs> no, trying to no, negotiate it, record deals. It, it makes like us look like, like
4: the New York of the South. I mean, yeah, more or less. Which, yeah. in a lot of ways, we are. And yeah. we've known that for a long time. In a lot, of, a in a lot of ways, yeah. the L.A. is salt too. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, it's it's definitely one of the three music centers of of the nation and and for a long there's a reason why they've called it the third Coast forever is yeah. because you know there it really there's a whole lot of business done here and for years it's if it hasn't been country, they've kind of had to slide it under the table because the perception is something outside of that right but now I think that's fading away. I mean I, I've been here long enough that hopefully, I I know a little bit about what the hell I'm talking about and I'm seeing it actually kind of Mm -hmm. change and go the other way you know, it's, oh, kinda, it's like, kinda like seeing a flag blowing in the breeze and all of a sudden you see the wind change and the flag starts to go the other yeah, way. Yeah. That's kinda what I'm starting to see. Uh,
1: me I too. Know.
0: And it's yeah. got a lot to do with a lot of different people moving to Nashville, yeah, yeah, you know. Yeah. I always thought it started with Michael Wagner. <laughs> I well, thought yeah, everybody followed him. We'd like Miami to give here. him because he well, he was
1: one of the first from the rock like the yeah. LA rock scene to move out here. Yeah. And um and we told him because we were like, was it a hard decision to or what you know, what made you Decide on Nashville, and he said, Well, first, you have to ask me if I enjoyed living in Los Angeles. All right, yeah,
5: <laughs> it wasn't
0: so much so, what made him choose Nashville, it was all the, yeah, major, side, the, the yeah. major list of things yeah. why to move from the LA. First
1: reason it's not LA, yeah, <laughs> right, right? But right. Uh, yeah. so, um, so well, okay, we were listening to Zeppelin on the way over here, and you said you had a Robert oh, Plant and Jimmy Page show, okay? I
4: got the yeah, okay. When I was, um, I was, I work at corner music in Nashville and and, and it's we're kind of a pro level real high level guitar shop and um, music all all, well we do pro audio and all kinds of stuff I mean it's full service kind of thing but because we're in Nashville we can get away with carrying certain things that not everybody can Mm -hmm. around the country Um, and uh, one day I got a phone call somebody said Todd uh, line two you know pick up the phone so I pick up the phone, and, and uh, there's a guy, a British guy on the other end of the line. He says, oh, do you, do you have any Jerry Jones baritones? And I said, uh, yeah, we got two of them hanging on the wall. And he said, oh, that's great. We've been looking for one all over the country, and we've been un- unable to locate one. Um, my name is Peter Bell, and I am Robert Plant's assistant.
5: Mm-hmm.
4: I'm thinking, suddenly you have my attention. Yeah. yeah. And he says, um... We, Robert has been looking for one of these for himself and we haven't been able to find one uh, you know we're touring this is when they were doing the page and plant tour right the, hour, in the 90s thing. yeah and, and he, he said uh, we, we've been all over the country and we haven't been able to locate one um, we're playing in Memphis on Thursday do you fancy you'd like to come to a page and plant show holy shit That <laughs> was nice. like let me think about that for a minute <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so he said well if you could, if you would be so kind as to, to maybe bring a couple of the guitars um, to show them to Robert um, uh, we'll, we'll have tickets for you to the show and the whole thing and you can hang out with the guys a little and I'm like what? Nice. <laughs> so okay so I, I get we we're going to Memphis you know and that was supposed to be on Thursday it was a couple of days so I was married at that time and my ex-wife she was like well, yeah we're going so so we got in the car we went we drove to Memphis my boss gave me uh, I think I left early that day or something but but he, he said yeah I'll just leave at noon mm-hmm. and we left early and went drove to Memphis so we get to the Memphis it was it was at the Pyramid the Pyramid. Yeah. and we get to the Pyramid and you know I I got one of my suits on <laughs> it's not one of the real loud ones but I got <laughs> my suit on you know the whole bit so I'm, I'm looking very Zilla, right you know, right but on. in a kind of a Understated. Business <laughs> understated sort of way. Mm. But I we walked up to the back door of the pyramid where like the loading area and there was one of those uh little glass things where you got like the the Unbelievable. It's all good. Um That's black dollar. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, sorry that's a little mood music yeah. but um, so this this uh, I go to this window and it's like one of those little glass windows with the little like the movie theater thing with the little thing in the center and there's this lady behind it that's like a rent-a-cop lady security yeah. lady. And she's got one of those little radio things on her shoulder. And I walk up to the to the thing, and I say, "What I still believe is one of the stupidest things that's ever come out of my mouth." I said, "Hi, I'm I'm Todd Austin. I'm here to see Robert Plant." It was
5: like it came out
4: and she just kind of looks at me, and she gets on this little thing, and she goes, I'm "Todd Austin here to see Robert Plant," you know. And then then she wait for a minute, and and. Uh, she, and then somebody on the other end of the line goes, <laughs> and she goes, okay and she looks at me and says, they'll be right out so 10-15 seconds goes by this door opens, metal door opens and this little bitty guy that was probably about, I don't know, he might have been 5 feet tall, I don't think he was but anyway, he's this little old British guy gray hair and he comes out and he goes hello, my name's Binky I'm Jimmy's Guitar Tech, I'm here to take you back And I'm like, okay, so got the two guitars, we walk in, we go in this metal double doors, we're in the underbelly of the the pyramid. So we walk through another set of double doors following Binky. (laughs) Uh And we go through this door, and it's this long hallway, and it's where the dressing rooms, and, you know, I mean, it's a basketball arena. You know, It's a a hockey rink or whatever. So it's like, you know, concrete walls and doors, Mm -hmm. and this long hallway. At the end of the hallway, probably 30 yards from the door we're in, it's a long hallway, there's a group of people. And there's a guy. And he's wearing a teal blue sweatshirt, cut off jeans, Converse Chuck tennis shoes, long curly hair. His back is to me. And somebody in front of him kind of says something and points in our direction. He turns around, and it's Robert Blunt and he looks at me. His eyes get huge, and he comes running down the hallway like he's known me my whole life. Oh, oh, I'm so glad you're here. You've just made my night. This is just amazing. Oh, it's this is just great. And I'm, he comes up and hugs me.
0: All right,
4: And I'm just, you know... Now, I don't get starstruck very easily because... Mostly because of my job. Right. Okay, I've, I've dealt with a lot of these kind of people a lot. Mm-hmm. And I'm just... I'm one of those people that... I'm cool with famous people because they're they're people too. They put sure. their pants on just like we do. Right. But that's Robert Plant.
5: <laughs> he's <laughs> hugging me. Yeah.
4: He comes out and he's hugging <laughs> me, and I'm like, oh. And then the, this uh, guy with long dark hair comes out, and that's Peter and his assistant and so he he says oh okay well listen we, we need to come in and, and, and Robert's just so excited he's just like chattering he said we need to go, go let's go in the dressing room and we can we can check out the guitars like right now and this whole group of people is like standing there like damn he just left us <laughs> yeah. he's just like I, I'll see, see you in, in, a, in a moment I've got to go in here and do this so we go into his dressing room me my my w- then wife mm-hmm. and Peter and Robert Right and First thing notice is that all the lights are down. It's like the fluorescent lights are shut off, and they have these standing floor lamps that I guess they probably bought at Walmart or something just to throw them on the back of the truck to create ambience in the room. And they had this sofa couch that also looked like it might have been bought at Walmart or something and thrown on the truck and they just they basically they they make him a little his place room, his yeah. little because he's on the road all the time yeah, yeah, so they're yeah. trying to make it as homey as possible mm-hmm. uh, we went in and I'm all business and I'm talking to him and I remember my ex-wife was just like she was like RoboCop or something she was just checking stuff out and she, she was making mental notes of things and she was like okay he smokes American spirit cigarettes he had a bottle of J&B bourbon <laughs> and the New York Times sitting on the little coffee table <laughs> and, but then the funniest thing was he had this road case uh-huh. that what's the singer going to have what's going to be in his road case his clothes. Right. He had right. like a, it was like a, a fold out thing. Yeah. With, with, there was ones. like a closet, but Real it was made wow. in a rolling road case and it had these drawers. Mm-hmm. And on the drawers were deadhead stickers. Robert Plant is a deadhead. Really? <laughs> I didn't know that. He's a deadhead. Wow. And, and, and I mean, like, not just a couple deadhead like, stickers, yeah, like a fans. collection yeah. of. You yeah. Know? yeah. And so. We sit down, and he's got a little amplifier there, and Peter comes in and, and puts this, hooks this little amp up, and we pull out these two guitars, these two baritones. And for those of you who don't know what a baritone is, a baritone is actually uh, a bit lower than,
0: um, well, hang on, hang on. I got, I got one. Okay. Show us. <laughs> it's show and tell with Toddzilla. <laughs>
4: Yeah, when you come to the Purple House of Funk, i got all kinds of stuff. This is exactly, notice what it looks like, kind of one of those Jimmy Page kind of things. Yeah. This is, uh, and Jerry Jones is no longer in business, regrettably, but he made some really, really wonderful instruments. They're based on old Silver Tone and Dane Electro Oh, yeah, guitars. I those Dan electros, yeah. But they're but they're real nice. The Dan Electros were really, really cheap. Yeah. The early ones. I mean, they were almost hard to play because they were just not real well built. They were cheap guitars. They were 200 dollars guitars. Right. Jerry took these the designs and turned them into something. A baritone is tuned A to A below a guitar. It's not tuned as low as a bass, so you can still play chords on it, but It's real deep. So it's just like a different yeah. instrument. It's a different voice. It's like a step between a guitar and a And I guess yeah. Robert wanted one to for writing purposes mm-hmm. and for that kind of stuff. And so he pulls out the gu- the guitar. We st- I, we hook it up, and he he's sitting there fiddling with it and playing it, and we're just kind of hanging out. And like I said, I don't get starstruck or whatever very easily. All right. But suddenly. We're sitting there and he plays the lick from dancing days. Oh wow. And I just about cracked my pants. <laughs> 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 right at that moment, every hair on my body just sorta of stood up. Yeah, you know, yeah. it was like, Oh my god, that's Robert Plant. Yeah, yeah. But I had to kind of be cool, you know, it was like right. yeah, I do. because the thing that I've I gotta tell you and this is a common thread through all of my stories that I, that I have, uh, all of the stuff that I have encountered with these people is that the best thing you can do to somebody who's really famous is treat them like they're normal because right. sure. that's, that's what great. they really want. They want yeah. That. Yeah. And I was just as cool as I could possibly be Given the fact that he played that lick, you know, and yeah. I just went, "Oh no! <laughs> <laughs>
1: oh my God, this is the Zeppelin guy!" I'd almost yeah. be like, "I shouldn't be here." Well, you know, like, and it was, and
4: it was just me in yeah. my life yeah. and him and Peter, and, and it was just like, That's "We're just in the we're we're in the inner sanctum here." Right. You know? really? I mean, I'm sitting there, and you know, he got incense and That's candles cool. and shit going, and he's just hanging out in his dressing room, and we're playing a little bit of guitar, and I'm like, "Whoa." You know, so eventually we talk about the guitar and everything, and 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 he's just the nicest guy. But we're sitting there, and he's just playing on this thing, just messing around with it. And all of a sudden, I hear this big ruckus out in the hallway. It's it's just like it's just all this this noise of people kind of almost shouting or something. And the door bursts open, and it's. Straight out of like Spinal Tap, these roadies, grizzled old guys that have been with them, you know, grizzled old guys with bad teeth, the total British thing, Mm. beards, just look like a biker gang. Yeah. And they're just like,
0: and then
4: just boom, the door opens and they're all standing out in the hallway and they're making all this noise and he just kind of looks up and he looks over at me like... Look at what I have to deal with. And and these guys just <laughs> walk in and they walk into the to, to the room and this one guy he had on a like a black leather biker jacket yeah. and kind of red scruffy beard and scruffy hair and bad like I said the, the typical British teeth, yeah, you know. Yeah. And he's ah, rah, 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 like one of the Huns coming in, you know, and he and he just stops and he looks down at Robert and he looks at the guitar that Robert's playing. And Robert looks up at him and looks at me and looks back at the guy and goes can I help you with something? And the guy goes, oh yeah, Bob, I got something for you. And he puts his hand in his pocket and when he pulls it out, he shoots him a bird and he says, he just flipped him off. I got something for you. And everybody busts out laughing. Robert busts out laughing. (laughs) It's just like a big joke. And and I'm standing there going, really? (laughs) And the guy just, he just walks into his dressing room and is just hanging out for a second and then, Plant kind of gives him some shit about, you know, and he was kind of being funny, too. He was yeah, like, yeah. yeah, can I help you? And the guy said, oh, yeah, Bob, here you go. Got this for you. <laughs> and everybody busts out laughing. And then they all just kind of left, and I guess I kind of had a funny look on my face, and he looked at me, and he said, well, tonight is the last night of the tour, and a lot of these guys have been with us for years, mm-hmm. like since the beginning. And so whenever we finish a tour, we kind of all part ways. And he said, you know, at our age, you never know who you're gonna see again.
0: Right. Yeah.
4: And he said, so, we're a bit wistful. That's what he said. Right. And, uh, and so, you know, we just hung out a little bit more and then, then finally, uh, we went out back out in the hallway. And we're standing out in the hallway and it's a group of people and all these people are ha- milling about you know and they're all coming up and wanting to talk to him and stuff and and I, i'm kind of standing you know i i think i was standing here and my wife was standing next to me and then Robert was standing next to her and it was just a kind of a circle of people. And I'm just kind of, obviously, I'm kind of focused on him because I'm just, you know, it's like Robert Plant. Yeah. And so I'm just kind of looking at him and and all of a sudden I just, you know, there's all these people and all of a sudden I look at the guy standing next to me and I go, whoa, it's Jimmy Page. (laughs) (laughs) And he's just just standing there. And he just kind of looks at me and goes, hey, He just kind of nods his head like, hey, you know, and I go, hey, <laughs> and so we're standing there, and these people keep coming up, and they're like, you know, oh look, it's it's the mayor, you know, uh, and and they all keep coming up, oh Jimmy, hey, and he and he and he's like, oh yeah, okay, and he's shaking their hands, and then then he then as soon as they'd walk away, he'd kind of look at me and sort of roll his eyes, yeah. and then somebody else would come up, oh it's the mayor, he's got the key to the city, and Jimmy would go, oh ha, ha, another one of these, oh ha, ha. you know, and then they'd mm-hmm. walk away, and he'd look at me and go, hm. and he his eyes yeah. again. Yeah. <laughs> and then, then some girl was standing there. and It was like Miss Memphis or something. She had one of those s- sashes yeah, on, and right. crown and shit. And, you know. And he's just like rolling his eyes, like, "Oh my god, give me a break!" You know. And then, fi- get it everywhere. And, then, and then finally, they the, the, somebody walked off, and he looked at me, and he just goes, "You know, I just as soon as all these wankers just fuck off, and I stand here and talk to you because
0: you seem pretty cool."
4: <laughs>
1: <laughs> That's awesome. Oh my gosh
4: alright man cool
0: that's the I'll take I'm with you (laughs) from you
4: I'll take it I'll I'll be as cool as you want me to be Mr. Page sir that's awesome so we're standing there and and again you know this is all kind of happening really fast but but you know obviously every detail is burned into my brain at some point we're all still standing there and, and he leaves Paige leaves disappears for a few minutes and he comes back and he's like dressed to go on stage he's wearing like black jeans and and like a kind of one of those long rayon shirts with mm-hmm. a kind of print on it or whatever, but but it, you know, mm-hmm. dressed to go on stage. Yeah. yeah. And we're still standing there, and Plant, you know, he's just still standing there in his sweatshirt and his cutoffs, and and Jimmy looks over at him and goes, um, hey, hey, Bob, and he taps his yeah. taps his wrist <laughs> like it like his watch. <laughs> yeah. You know? And now this is where it gets really good. <laughs> Paige, we're standing standing there, and Paige taps his his watch kind of thing. And Plant goes, oh, oh, yeah, (laughs) I guess I better go get ready for work. And we're standing outside of the dressing room. He walks into that dressing room. Mm -hmm. And now, keep up with me here. He was only in there long enough to, like, drop trowel, change clothes, and then he walked straight back out. I didn't hear that guy. Clear his throat. I didn't hear him. La, 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 I didn't hear him do anything. No warm-up. No nothing. He walked straight down the stage. Down to the stage, excuse mm-hmm. me. Walked down the hallway. And, they, they, and all of a sudden, it was like... There wasn't any warning or anything. All of a sudden, it was just everybody went... Whoosh. And it was like, oh, I guess we better go sit down. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, we go... My wife and I head down the hallway, and we're but nobody told us where to go. So we're just kind of walking around, and we go, and we see this guard standing next to this big, giant curtain, and we can hear the crowd, you know, and the music, you know, it's like a rumbling kind of thing. And you can hear the crowd just kind of, you know, just making noise. And there's this security guy standing by this curtain, and I said, uh, we got our tickets here, where do we need to go? And he said, well... <laughs> I guess you could just, the fastest way is just go through the curtain. (laughs) So we walk through the curtain. He opens the curtain. We walk out into a black arena. I guess people saw the silhouette from the lit hallway behind us. I guess they saw the silhouette of my big blonde (laughs) hair. And the entire (laughs) entire pyramid went...
5: (laughs) And my
4: wife, who was the singer of my band at the time, she grabs my arm and says, can we just stand you for just a second? (laughs) I mean, there was people hanging over the railing going, woo, dude, (laughs) screaming at me, giving me the devil horns, you know? I mean, just hanging over the railing like I was somebody, you know? And it was just that one moment, fleeting moment, that the man upstairs decided, you you know what, I got a glimpse of what that was like. What was that like? It was pretty incredible. Yeah. It was just, it was like, because it happened like that, it just was like, ah! and it was just like a wave just kind of rushed over me. It was like, wow, that nice. was really cool. So we stood there and soaked that in for a minute. But by the time we got to our seats, which were just like right by the stage, remember, five minutes before that, he was standing there in cutoff jeans and a sweatshirt mm-hmm. and Converse tennis shoes. They launched into the immigrant song first thing. The guy never even cleared his throat. Wow. He didn't even clear. No, he didn't, didn't have time to. No, he didn't do anything. He's standing up there talking to us. And then walked in, changed mm-hmm. his Felt clothes, like walked straight out on the stage and went, ah, yeah. first thing. Wow. And that was when all of a sudden that just hit me. Okay, that's why he's who he is. Yeah, yeah. that's the next level. But the funny thing was, when we were, when we were hanging around Beforehand, uh, they he was funny, he was like, if you had anything to eat, go down to catering and get yourself something to eat or whatever. So we, at one point we went down there and got a little something to eat or whatever, and we were still hanging out with Binky a little bit. And he was kind of showing us around the backstage, back behind the stage, not backstage, but behind yeah, the stage, the structure. And the funny thing is, it was exactly like what I do, mm-hmm. what guys in bands do. Only it was at, at a bigger level. Mm-hmm. The cables were still duct taped to the floor. Right. There was there was a, a piece of the lighting truss. It was like one of the one of the park hands was dangling from a zip, with a zip tie. Yeah. <laughs> and I looked up at it and I was like that doesn't look very safe and Binky goes yeah. oh yeah that broke about ten minutes ago it'll make it through the damn show <laughs> <laughs> yeah. it's, it's smoke and mirrors and yeah. gaff tape and, and sure. it's cable ties yeah. and, and whatever it's the same thing it's just bigger it's just right. a different scale you still tape the cords there's just a lot more cords yeah. to and at the end of the thing they, at, when they and a blazing set just amazing show and when Peter came up to us like when they were get, doing their encores, mm-hmm. and he said, "Okay, you got. You can come over here, and they're going to be coming down the steps. You have to wait for them to go. Let them go first, yeah. but then you can follow them." And so we're standing there, shows over there doing their waving goodbye and everything. Crowd's going nuts. I remember uh, Robert comes off stage. He's got a towel in his hand, and as he walks off stage, he turns around and he, he kind of gives me a wink. And then Paige comes down the steps after him. He's got a towel over his head, and he looks at me, and he shrugs, like, another day at the office. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. (laughs) That's awesome. It was really, really cool. Yeah, I mean, it's
2: Don't you be telling me your mama done raised you right.
3: Take your support of the show to the next level. Head over to decibelgeek.com and click on the Amazon link the next time you go shopping. A percentage of your purchase goes back into supporting the show. Not shopping? Click on the donate button and tip your DJs.
0: Hi, I'm Led Zeppelin's Pet Shark. the
4: This past uh, summer, when Bonnaroo was going on, John Paul Jones walked in the store one day. Nice. Oh. So I met, I met three out of the That's, four. Yeah. I can't meet the other one. No. Not for a while. Not, anyway. without, not, <laughs> not without, without dying. Uh, or a yeah. Ouija board. Yeah, or a Ouija yeah, board, maybe. maybe. Yeah, I should try that. <laughs> but, um, uh, but you know um, but he walked <laughs> yeah, uh,
5: let's
1: do that let sit around a Ouija podcast. board with the Zoom yeah. and like try to summon Jesus. up dead rock star hey, hey Jimmy <laughs> <laughs> this week we interviewed Jimi Hendrix <laughs>
4: <laughs> <laughs> a little mood but you know ultimately uh, the thing was as soon as he walked in the store it was the same thing he was he was as down to earth as they were too yeah. it was that same kind of vibe right on and one of, one of my favorite um, people that I've had uh, interaction with is Billy Gibbons. Yeah. Billy's a him. huge, huge influence on me. And, and, um, and I've met him several times, but the, um, the thing about him is it's, it's exactly that thing. You, you don't get much bigger than that guy. Right. You know, he's like an icon. You could you could go to China and you could draw a stick figure <laughs> with sunglasses, a beard, a hat, and a guitar, and they'd go, oh, Zizi Top. Right. You, know I, mean, yeah. that's, you <laughs> know, I mean, he's world. He ain't nationwide, he's worldwide. Right. right. He is so down to earth. I had a, um, he came in, it was another one of those things that's just a bolt out of the blue where one day one of the guys at, at work says, oh, man, uh, it was my day off, or I, I had had my day off, and the next day I came in uh, to work, and they said, oh, man, you missed Billy. He was in here yesterday. Oh, well, man, shucks. I'm sorry I missed him, you know. And I him before that, but, but I was, you know. And then uh, like a day later, I came back from lunch, and one of the guys said, hey, man, Billy called, and he was looking for you. Mm-hmm. I said, looking for me? And he goes, yeah, he's asking for you. He's got a guitar that he needs some work done on. And somebody told him to call you. Well, I have a really good friend that is a uh, a drummer named Greg Morrow. That He's like a real top Nashville Session Ace kind of mm-hmm. guy. And... Greg is really good he's from Texas and he's really good friends with Billy. Mm-hmm. So I'm pretty sure it was Greg. Greg, yeah. Greg set the whole thing up because yeah. Greg was like, you need to go see Todd because Todd's a big fan. yeah his, that would be really cool, I think right. So so I um, anyway they said, yeah, he's gonna call you back. So I said, okay, so he, sure enough, a little bit later he calls back he says, Todd, Gibbons. I'm like, well, hello, Billy. How are you? He says, Yeah. Listen, I got this. I got this guitar here that I got off of Gibson. It's a. It's a uh, Carina, all Carina wood, Les Paul. He says, great guitar, plays great, but it's got black pickup rings and a black pick guard and black knobs. Mm She she feels good, but she's ugly as hell. <laughs> he said, Do you have some you got some cream pickup rings and some like gold knobs like a real Les Paul? And I said, Yeah, I, I have, I do. He said, Well listen, I'm gonna stop by on Saturday. I can't make it today, but I'm gonna come by on Saturday. I said, Okay, cool. <clears throat> so, Saturday comes. I'm all jacked up and geeked because I'm gonna get to hang out with Billy, but all day long you know I didn't even take lunch because I was afraid I'd miss him no we closed at 5 he shows up at (laughs) 4 walks in the door he's got it's exactly straight out now one thing you gotta understand about Billy Billy enjoys being Billy yeah that is not an image that's really him right okay walks in sunglasses the little hat with the little dready things on beard down to his belly button Little, little coat on mm-hmm. uh, Doc Martens you know little black jeans just the way you see him looking in the videos that's what he looked like and he had a guitar case in his hand so he just kind of walks in <clears> by <throat> himself walks in and he's standing at the door and he's kind of looking around I'm over across the room and I go hey Billy I'm over here and he looks across the room at me and he goes tall hair <laughs> <laughs> and I looked at him and I said long beard and he goes (laughs) good answer (laughs) that's funny and we were off you know so he pulls out the guitar and i start working on it. that sounds like a good duo name exactly (laughs) my lips to god's ears right (laughs) but it so so he pulls out the guitar and i start working on it well it's saturday it's really busy And we're getting really close to when we're having to close. And I I finally told him, look, you know, because I'm having to deal with other customers and deal with him at the same time a little bit, and I'm trying to do this balancing act. Right. You know, because here's one of my heroes, and I really want to deal with him. But this, you know, lady over here is going, I
5: want a ukulele! And I'm just
4: like, ukulele, just shut up. But, so... Anyway, so I finally go over to him and I go, Billy, I don't know if I'm going to get this done by the time we close at 5 and they're just going to kick me out of here. And he goes, well, I'll tell you what. Can you take it home with you and finish it up? And if you do that, I'll buy you dinner. And I was like, you're on. Yeah. And so he, so he, he he says, okay, let me give you my, let me give you my card here. <laughs> he gives me his... Um, I'm pulling out my wallet, ladies and gentlemen. And because I keep this thing with me I want to show this to the guys here okay In fact well, can I take I was, a picture was, of this oh, oh yeah or? okay yeah yeah yeah, yeah I want to get But some what, you're gonna have to blur out the number okay I will obviously you, you want you want to do that but uh but yeah this is this is so uh, if I can get it out of here yeah here we go I'm gonna take a couple of here we go this is Billy's Billy's card it says
0: Gibbons friend Under of Eric Clapton <laughs> Doesn't say the guy who sang legs, you know, yeah. it says friend, friend of Eric, Eric Clapton, that's his claim to fame. <laughs> so he
4: gives me this card and he says, Here's my cell number on there. When you get it done, just give me a call, I'll be at the hotel. He was staying at like embassy suites over there on Demumbrian or something. I think that's where he likes to stay when he's in town. That's actually where we interviewed uh, Bruce Gill. That's right. So he, yeah. uh, so anyway, he, um uh, I bring the guitar home and, and, he, and he tells me the string gauges that he wants. Now for you guitar players, mm-hmm. y'all are going to know what this is For everybody else, it may not make, make a difference to you but the string gauge for this guitar I said, what, what strings do you want me put it on there put on there and he says 8, 10, 12, 20, 30, 40. I had the hardest time finding a wound 20 yeah. to be the D string. Those are like, that's like spaghetti noodles. Yeah. That's the lightest, lightest I've ever. Get.
1: Put I used on to play guitar. nines and mm-hmm. I thought that was the lightest.
4: Eights. I didn't know you could even get it. Eight. eight, 10, 12, 20, 30, 40. Wow. And he tunes it down to like a whole full step. Mm. So when I set that guitar up, those strings were like noodles. I mean, it was like rubber bands, you know. I couldn't even hardly play it. But I, but I set it up and I tweaked it. Now, the funny thing was, When, when I did that, I brought it home, and it was at this very table that I set that guitar up. Uh, I brought the guitar home, set it up, pulled the strings, put the strings on it, and for the first five minutes, I was like, "How can you even play this thing? I mean, it's just not even—it's not even doable," you know. But then, after a few minutes, I started kind of getting into it and started realizing that there's like this right hand thing that you can do with those strings really light that is totally what Billy does. You know, and it's that, it's that, uh, it's that right hand, you know, really rhythm thing that where he's like, you know, like the heads, my head's in Mississippi thing. it's real simple obviously mm-hmm. but the whole thing is that there's like this thing where the strings make you have to hold back he must have the lightest touch in the world you yeah. know and 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 so for him to be able to do all those you know <laughs> Kind of greasy stuff that he does. It was like right there under my under my hand. All of a sudden, now I would never play with strings like that. I couldn't. I'm I'm too bombastic. There's no way I could play like that. Mm-hmm. But but for Billy, he's so laid back. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And so I, I finished the guitar, and uh, I put on one put on my favorite purple suit because I wasn't going to go to dinner with the Reverend and not look the part. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So I put the guitar in the case, and I went over. Uh, to the Embassy Suites, and and I walked into the bar. He said, "I, I called him, and, and whenever you call him on the phone, he just answers, and he goes Gibbons." <laughs> nice. And I'm like, "Okay." So I I I uh I said, "I'm here," and he says, "I'm in the bar." So I walk in the bar, and he's standing at the bar next to this one other older gentleman, and uh, he's just standing there with a shot of tequila. And, and the whole bar is like you know people sit, just sitting there, and nobody's really talking to him. He's just Billy Gibbons hanging out. <laughs> you yeah. know? and I walk up and I, and I walk up to him, and he and he looks at me and he gives me the up down, and he goes, "Purple suit on and a guitar in hand, I like it." And I said, "Well, it's that sharp dressed man thing you're always talking about." And he goes, "Good answer." <laughs> I said, I, so we stood there for a few minutes and we and we and we you know, he says, What are you drinking? I said, I'm drinking what you're drinking He said, Good answer. So he pulled and they pulled me a shot of tequila and we're standing there and, and somebody comes up and he kinda passes the guitar off and they just take it and I never saw that guy again. It was kind of magical. It was like some guy just appeared and
0: his shit and <laughs>
4: knew. He just kinda of handed didn't say anything, he just like, handed it to him and he got it.
0: willed wh- him to be there. <laughs> Poof.
4: And, uh, and so we, we're sitting there talking, you know, and, and, you know, you're you're in the presence of the coolest guy on the planet. I'm sorry. He yeah. invented cool. The guy's just, he reeks cool. Yeah. And so you're kind of standing there and I'm like, okay, well, at least I looked the part, you know. I'm sitting there playing, hanging out with him. And and he and this guy that he was standing next to are sitting there talking about cars. And the guy says, I, I want to get a, I want to get a, like an old truck. And Billy goes, oh, man let me show you this and he pulls out like his his. he had a digital camera okay mm-hmm. and this was a few years ago before everybody was starting to get in cameras on their phones but he mm-hmm. had a, he must have had the most deluxo digital camera in the world because it must have had 8,000 pictures on it yeah. because he was scrolling through stuff like fast like but look at this look at this and he does this thing where he takes pictures in succession like there was some little dog at this gas station in the desert and he took like a bunch of photos and then you when he when he does the when he, he says watch this and he hits the, the thing and scrolls through the pictures real fast and the dog jumps at him. <laughs> <laughs> like
0: like to the
4: edge like, like, like I'm a motherfucker <laughs> And that's what he does, you know. And all these pictures that he has on his camera are like totally pictures you would expect Billy Gibbons to have. It's like a cactus and a gas station, and, or and he and he hit this rusted old truck. He said, "See that truck there? I saw that in the desert, in Mojave Desert. That's what I thought that was pretty cool." You know, I'm like, "Yeah, that's all I <laughs> And this other guy is standing there, and he says, "Yeah, I want a truck." And he says, "Well, here, take this card." And he pulls a card out, and he says, "This is my hot rod guy. He's 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 a, he's the guy to get in touch with. Tell call him Tell him tell him you talk to me and tell him you want a truck and he'll find you a truck. And the guy's like, okay, cool. And I said, I got a car. <laughs> and he goes, Really? What kind of car you got? I said, 64 Corvette convertible. And he goes, Good answer. <laughs> <laughs> wow. And so then we we spent a lot of time talking about cars, you know. Uh, Basically, I talked with to him about just about everything but music right yeah because everybody's going to talk to him sure. about music so. Yeah. so anyway we're standing there in the in the bar and people start coming up and giving him uh, asking for his this one guy comes up and he, he was a service guy and he'd just gotten back from, from deployment <clears throat> he was a Mexican descent guy dark hair you know and he comes up and he's kind of drunk but he's wearing like a white t-shirt and he goes Mr. Gibbons you're like the, my hero and Billy's kind of standing there going oh Okay, And he goes, <laughs> "Will you sign my shirt?" And Billy goes, "Sure." And he pulls out the guy get hands him a sharpie and Billy like proceeds to draw his face on like the shoulder of his shirt. <laughs> yeah. And then as soon as that guy did it, all the other guys that were hanging out with him that were all military guys, rushed us uh, and we're suddenly standing there asking for autographs and all the stuff and it was like swarms. it was like the you pulled the your finger out of the dam and the yes. dam bones yeah. And at one point Billy just looked at me and he goes, Okay, well uh I owe him dinner so we gotta get out of here. And as we were walking out, he goes, We got out of there just in time. That place was heating up. Was like, oh, <laughs> and man. so So we walked out and we went to uh the first place we went, he said He said, what's this little Broadway brew house down here on the corner? I said, well, you know, it's just kind of like a little tavern kind of thing. And he said, let's just walk down there. So I'm now walking down Division Street in a purple suit with Billy Gibbons. Nice. I'm like, where's the camera? You know, it's just bizarre. And we walk into Broadway brew house and cheap sunglasses was playing oh, on shit. The thing. Right on. And he just looks at me and when he, look, he just, he we walk in the door and I'm just, I'm just thinking, you gotta be kidding. And he looks at me and he goes, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he just gotta be He's awesome. up at the speaker like, yeah buddy. That's you good that he still and, takes pride in Yeah, sure. Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah, he loves it. He That's totally brilliant. loves it, you yeah. know. And, actually the first time that I ever met him was uh, at t- when I was working at Tower Records and, and he, Recycler had just come out, and when you ran the register at Tower, there was a six-disc CD changer, Mm -hmm. and you put... Uh, discs in and just let them run at random well my whole register shift it was like 11 o'clock at night my whole register shift it had avoided that CD and I hadn't heard any of it and I remember thinking to myself I wish it would play that ZZ Top record about that moment he comes walking down the steps <laughs> it wearing a full length duster a ZZ Top baseball cap and sunglasses at 11 o'clock at night as soon as his foot hits the floor it goes <laughs> just looked up at him, and he just looked at me, and the look on his face was almost, like, very funny. And I just went, oh, crap. So I ran over to him, and I said, uh, Mr. Gibbons, Mr. Gibbons. He goes, Billy, please, Billy. And I said, well, Billy, I-, I didn't know you were in here. That CD was on at random, and it just came on when you walked in. And he looked at me, and he goes, I guess I got the power.
1: <laughs> All right, with that nice. and with the stuff that, the things that comes out of his mouth, I'm convinced Billy Gibbons lives in his own movie.
4: Oh, yeah, he does. I mean, Absolutely. 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 And, and so anyway, I get back to, get back to, we went to Maggiano's on West End mm-hmm. and we're standing at the, and you know, we walk up to the hostess stand and again, imagine the visual of Billy Gibbons. <laughs> And Todd Zilla in his purple suit standing there. The entire restaurant just stopped and looked, you know, like, holy crap, you know, and we're just kind of standing there and Billy's kind of just smiling, like, yep, I'm Billy Gibbons. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm standing there going, Yep, I'm with Billy Gibbons. <laughs> but then the funny thing, funniest thing happened was I'm standing there and we're waiting for our table. And this guy comes up, and it was his name was Tony Fidanza. He used to run the outer limit. Out I don't know on Knowlesville like. Road, when I used to play out there with my band, you know, with Jones World. Mm-hmm. And Tony comes up, and I, I just turn around, and he goes, Hey, Todd And I turn around, and he goes, Hey, man, remember me? Tony, you know, Tony Fidanza from Outer Limit. And I'm like, Yeah, Tony, it's great to see you, man. And he's like, Yeah, man, how's the band, everything. And by that, Billy's looking at me like, What? <laughs> <You know? It's laughs> and, and he doesn't say anything to Billy. He just goes, "Man, it's great to see, you, man. I just, man, that's good to see." You. And I go. Yeah, you too, Tony. Cool. And he, he just kind of walks away, and Billy just kind of looks at me, and I just kind of shrug my shoulders. <laughs> About two minutes later, we're still waiting for our table. A guy comes up, and he he says, Hey, Toddzilla, I'm and so I used to work at the Outer Limits for Tony. I was one of the barbacks, remember? And I'm like, Oh, yeah, Sam, right? Yeah, Sam. Oh, that's cool, man. Oh, great. you know." Ah, ah, ah. And he just kind of looks at me. Billy just kind of looks at me like, Really, yeah. and, and so <laughs> so the same thing happened. They, they didn't, didn't say anything. Well, he, you know, he's a little intimidating. Yeah. yeah. And again, Nashville is kind of got that thing where people are used to famous people yeah, here, well, so they, get they don't home. get in their face a lot. They kind right. of try to give them. A little, so it was kind of that thing, but they didn't really acknowledge him. They acknowledged, <laughs> they acknowledged me, and oh, they, cool. they walked. And when the second guy walked off, Billy just kind of looks at me like, huh, <laughs> and I looked at him and I just said. You may be you may be nationwide, but I'm Nashville. wide. good answer. <laughs> and we we sat down to eat dinner, and while we were eating dinner, and this is when it gets a little profound, we were eating dinner, and just the two of us sitting there twirling spaghetti and eating it, and. Watching him eat is interesting because he has to avoid the beard. But, All right. but anyway, so we're sitting there uh, eating, and I'm not kidding you when I say that literally every two minutes somebody came up to the table. Yeah. I mean, it was incessant. Mm-hmm. It literally happened. I lost count, but I'm estimating about 50 times. Everybody in that restaurant was taking turns getting up, walking over to our table. And the coolest part was every single person that came over, he would put down his fork, he would stop, he would engage them, he would talk to them, he would actually ask them questions, what's your name, where are you from, what do you do, I mean he actually had little mini conversations for him, he wouldn't just go, yeah, Billy, sign it, Billy, and then hand it to him, he was actually, every autograph that he gave was a little different, like one of them he would draw like a cactus, and one would draw (laughs) like a wolf. Baying at the moon, yeah. one guy gave him a hundred dollar bill, and he he drew a beard on Ben Franklin and he showed it to nice. me, and I said, "I knew you were going to do that and he looked at me and he drew the little hat on him <laughs> you know, kind of, kind of smiled at me That's but he, cool. but he gave the guy the hundred dollar bill you know and about that time, I just it was really I was just thinking, you know. This guy is where I would have loved to have been. Yeah. This is what I aspired to do. I didn't make it there, but this is what I wanted to do. And now I'm getting a taste of what this is like. Mm-hmm. To be honest with you, I'm not so sure I really did want that. You know? yeah. So I'm just kind of sitting there, and I'm just thinking, what would this do to a person, really? And I said, Billy, can I ask you a question? He says, anything. I said, does that ever get old? And he stopped. He had a fork full of spaghetti at that moment. And he looked at me, and he stopped, and he put that fork down, and he dabbed his mouth with his napkin, and he sat there and he stared at me for a minute with a look on his face like nobody had ever asked him that question before. And he just kind of looked at me like, you know? And he really thought about it, and he goes, no, because it's what I signed up for. He said, I got into this for that reason. He said, I'm lucky. He said, let me tell you something. I'm no different from you. I'm just an old guitar player that got lucky. Now, to have Billy Gibbons tell you that, Mm -hmm. again, that guy is an icon. He's written And right then, all those songs just started... Coming in my head, I just started thinking, "Oh my, you know, all the songs that are weird: Cheap Sunglasses, Tush, Lagrange, yeah. uh, you know, <clears throat> uh, Legs, Sharp Dressed Man, yeah. just keep Talk. on going, you know, all of them nationwide, yeah. you know, Francine, all the of these, you know, Heard yeah. on the X, Jesus Just Left Chicago, yeah. you know, all of that stuff." And you just sit there and you go, "Yeah, you got lucky, but damn, you were good at yeah. it." <laughs> yeah. yeah. But, but. but yeah. But it, it was just the, the humble side of it. And he said, I, he said, I just got back from a tour of uh, a, a VA hospital in Washington where they bring the guys back that are, like, really messed up. He said, I'm not talking the shot-in-the-shoulder guys. I'm talking guys that are, lo- you know, Amputeers. like. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And he said, I sat next to a 22-year-old sergeant who was laying in the hospital bed with no arms or legs, and he was laying there next to his wife and new baby. Mm. And he said, I thought to myself, I'm the luckiest son bitch on the planet, and I'm not really worried about somebody interrupting me eating my spaghetti. Mm. And then he leaned back and he said, he changed his voice to that Billy Gibbons voice, right. and he goes, and besides, guys like you and me, we wear ours like neon signs. Yours is going up And mine's going down <laughs> <laughs> Talking about my hair And his beard All Right He said Yours goes this way Mine goes this way But if somebody Wants to come up And take a, take a picture of us With us or, or or have a Get an autograph from us That's on us Not on them Because if I didn't Want to be recognized I wouldn't be sitting here With a two foot beard On my face Exactly
0: Yeah Awesome
4: And so I wrote a song Called Neon Sign
2: talking
4: I just keep on
2: walking you just want to take my photograph you know it makes me want to laugh you think I look so freaky
3: want to feed your eyes as well as your ears check out decibel geek on Instagram Go to Instagram.com slash Decibel Geek and see for yourself. The Decibel Geek Podcast. Lock it in and rip the knob off. What? iPods don't have knobs? Well, lock it in.
1: Um. Well, we're huge Kiss fans,
4: so tell me your Ace Fraley story. Um, the Ace Freely thing was kind of fast. Um, it was uh, one day at work. Somebody said one of the guys came up and he said, "Hey, uh, you need to take. We need to take this special MIDI cable. It was for a guitar synthesizer setup. <clears throat> you need to take this MIDI cable to uh, Gibson. Ace Freely's over there." Mm-hmm. And I was like, "I'm gone." Yeah. So I jumped in the car and I drove over there and got to Gibson. And walked in and the lady at the front desk said, oh, you just missed him. They just pulled out. And I'm like, crap. And she said, but they're going down to Slingerland, which was just down Mm -hmm. the street. Mm -hmm. And so we jumped back in the car and rolled down to Slingerland. And there in the parking lot was a limousine and he was just getting out of his limo. What year are we talking about? Oh, man. Just a ballpark. Late 90s, late, you know, I hadn't been working at Corner long, so it was 97, 98. So it's or when like the Kiss Reunion was going on. Uh, it was it was actually, yeah, it was during the Kiss Reunion. Okay. It was during the Kiss Reunion, so maybe it was more like 96. 97, 97. was when they came here, yeah. yeah and I think it was, yeah, it was because we had seen them at the Louisville show, okay. The, uh, in, 96 and then they came here in April of 97 it was in between times because I remember saying to him yeah we saw the show in Louisville and it was awesome and he was like thank you very much but kids family he he, He gets out he gets (laughs) out and uh, he gets out of this thing and I I go running up to him with this cable and he goes uh, I said hey I'm I'm here from Corner Music I got the cable and he goes oh
2: well that's great
4: (laughs) he says (laughs) so He said, so you, you got the right cable? And I said, yeah, it's the right cable. And he goes, you sure about that? And I said, yeah. He says, I have the GI-10. Is this going to work for the GI-10? Like, he was really grilling me. And right. I said, yeah, dude, yeah. it's going to work. And he goes, all right. Well, how much is it? And I said, well, it's $64.95. Mm-hmm. And he goes, all right. So he pulls out his wallet. He pulls out 65 bucks, and he hands it to me. And I said, I reached into my pocket and I said, here, I'll get you a nickel for change. And he goes, don't worry about it. (laughs) (laughs) And he gets gets in the limo and they drive off, you know, but I gave him the cable. Yeah. Now I have a really great story about Ace that wasn't my story. Okay. A friend of mine that works at Rock Block Guitars. Mm -hmm. I'm not, maybe I shouldn't say his name, but I I shouldn't just to protect the guilty as hell. But anyway, one day, and this was in the 80s. Yeah. One day he's working. He was he was a guitar repairman at, at Rock Block, and the uh, and the phone rings, and and everybody else was at lunch, and he had to you know kind of cover the phone, so he was standing there covering the phone, and a guy on the other end of the line goes, he says, "Hello, Rock Block guitars," and the guy goes, uh, yeah, um, uh, you got any Jackson guitars down there?" And he says, yeah, we, we got some. Yeah, yeah, we got some hanging on the wall. He says, how many you got? And he goes, well, we got like six or seven of them. Yeah, well, what colors you got? And he goes, well, I, I you know, um, I don't know, red, black, you know, blue, whatever, you know. Any of them got Floyd roses on them? He says, yeah, I'm looking for a Floyd rose. He says, yeah, we got a Floyd rose. And he says, "Well, I'm thinking about coming down there, then." And he says, "Well, yeah, come on down." And he says, "Yeah, this is Ace Freely from Kiss." He goes, "Okay, cool. Just come on down." <laughs> and he says, "Well, listen, if I come down there, I don't want nobody like, you know, asking me for autographs or something, you know, because I'm Ace Freely from Kiss." And He says, "Yeah, okay, no problem. We got a room in the back where well, we'll just set you up, man. Just come on down. You can try them out." So, how many Jacksons you got? And he says, like six or seven. And he says, cool. And you said you got blue and black and what other colors? And he's like having to repeat himself. (laughs) Well... My friend said that there was this guy that used to call down there that used to screw with him, like you know, pretending he was like Johnny Cash or yeah. whoever. And mm-hmm. this is Johnny Cash, you know, I've got a peacock anyway, anyway, <laughs> but he, yeah. But anyway, he, he um, uh, he, he would do like he had this guy that would, would kind of and he thought it was this guy that was, yeah. you know, screwing messing, with him, him. Yeah. messing with him, and, and so he kind of just plays along. Well, he keeps going, and it's like, so. So you say they got Floyd Roses on them? He says, yeah, I got a couple that have got, like, Floyd Roses on them, yeah. <laughs> About this time, Doug's starting to lose his patience. Well, okay, so if I come down there, you know, I don't want nobody bothering me. Because I'm, you know, I'm Ace Freely from Kiss. <laughs> He's like, yeah, dude. No problem. I got it. It's it's cool. Everything's good. It's cool. We'll just put you in the back. You know, you, you got a room or something you can put me back in? Yeah. Yeah. Because, you know, I don't want nobody getting in my face. Says, I know. Because you're Ace Freely from Kiss. Yeah. You know, I'm Ace Freely from Kiss. And he goes, yeah, yeah, man. It's all right. It's cool. It's cool. he says, so, so. How long you been in Jackson d He says, I don't know. know, We've been carrying them for a while. You you sell a lot of them? Yeah, yeah, we do. Are they set up good? Yes, they're set up good. So you say you got a red one? Yes, we got a red one. (laughs) Well, well, listen, you know, if I come down there, I don't want nobody taking any pictures of me or anything, you know, because I'm ace freely from Kiss. (laughs) And about that time, Doug goes, What, you mean I can't get a picture of you holding my dick? What? And he goes, What did you say? <laughs> you motherfucker, I'm going to come down here, I'm going to whip your fucking ass. What are you, fucking crazy? No, no, no. He just loses his mind, and Doug just goes, Yeah, well, whatever, man. You just come on down here, blah, blah, blah. And Because he, and he, and he thought it was the guy that was messing with him. Right. Right? And he goes, you, 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 I'm going to come down there, and kick your ass. What's your name? And he gives him a fake name. He uh-huh. says, Well, this is Ron. And he goes, I'm going to come down there, and kick your ass. And he says, Okay, come on. And he slams the phone in. <laughs> About that time, Jerry O'Donnell, the guy that used to own RockBot, yeah. comes walking in from lunch. <laughs> and the phone rings, and it says,
2: Freely, oh, oh, <laughs> yeah. some guy named Ron just told me to kiss his dick or something. And, and, and Jerry's like,
4: I love, I love, I love. We don't have no guy down here named Ron. And he thinks I'm like, yeah.
5: <laughs>
2: Yeah, yeah, he's like, really fucking yeah, crazy and, and, and just, somebody <laughs> told me somebody told me to kiss his dick or something <laughs> wow
1: <laughs> so needless to say Ace didn't come down to the store I,
4: I, don't, yeah. know if he, I, I don't know if he did you know, I don't know All the end right. of that but oh, I gotta grill really you on
1: this cause I didn't know you were gonna tell me this but you listed him on your list Vinny Vincent
4: okay yeah, <laughs> yeah I know you guys did a, a show a whole we've done five shows, shows about it okay yeah, yeah. I gotta, gotta clear my throat here okay on. again working at the store all of a sudden one day my job is like that you, you just one day you go to work and you just you know selling strings to people and it's just a boring old day and then the next day somebody walks in you know mm-hmm. just oh hi Mr. Frampton you know just all of a sudden right. they just walk in the door because <clears throat> it's that kind of place. Right. I'm standing there at the front counter and all of a sudden I look up and it's Vinnie Vincent and he has the worst wig I've ever seen in my life. It makes Mark Mick Mars's wig look good. <laughs> I mean, it was and he had on a t-shirt that was like extra large. I mean, it was like hanging down almost to just above his knees. Hmm. Hmm. And it was the Vinnie Vincent face, like the whole shirt. With the makeup? With the makeup. It was like he like was his own walking. Shirt. Yeah, it was his own walking billboard for Vinnie Vincent. And he Weird. was wearing. Now, this was the strange part. He was wearing women's leggings, like stirrup pants. Okay. Underneath and had, the long and shirt. Underneath the long shirt and had on those little. Um, like kung fu shoes, mm-hmm. yeah, like the little flat toe thing,
2: not the split kung toe fu. thing, uh, yeah, the, no, toe like the flats. little, the little
4: flat, oh, right, yeah. But they were like those little kung fu shoes with the little rubber soles, okay. like Bruce Lee used to wear, yeah. But with stirrup pants, and I mean stirrup pants with the stirrup going around the bottom of his foot, okay. And weird, and, and it was, and then when he shook my hand, yeah. I, I said, "Hey, Vinny, how are you doing?" And he he goes. He goes, I'm fine, thanks. And he when he shook my hand, it was like holding a dead fish. A feminine. It was oh yeah. She was a really nice guy. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I mean I mean it's you know yeah. and, 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 and the thing is he was he came in and he was looking for like a guitar processor or something, something small. Yeah. Like one of those Digitech things or Zoom thing or no, he no no, I'm sorry. He came in and he was he said I'm I'm looking for something to practice with like a small thing or something. And I said, "Well, I have this thing over here." And I showed him this it was a, a one of those little Digitech all-in-one units. Right. And it, it was like the greatest thing he'd ever seen. It was like he didn't know that they made things like that. And I'm kind of going, "Really?" You know, I mean, keep up this with guy was was in Kiss, and this yeah. guy was, like, a famous guitar player, and, yeah. and you figure he's got all kinds of gear. You and figure he'd be a gearhead. Of some sort. When yeah. you get to that level, you just automatically assume that, you know, that they really know what is going on. Mm-hmm. Actually, I've come in my job to know that that's not always the case. And the other thing that was really weird about it, and, you know, I'd heard him play, and I'd seen him do his thing, and the guy was like a shred demon, you know? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. yeah. And when he sat down with the guitar in the store, it was just, it was like he could barely play. And I was just, it was just really weird. It was, that one was just, you know, from a moment of like... What kind of stuff was he playing? He just, I I don't know how to explain it. He just wasn't really doing much of anything. Was he trying to do the noodling stuff that he used to? A little bit. Yeah. You know, but but it was just like he was like really... It was just a very, very strange encounter. The entire thing was really. Strange.
1: Did it seem like he had lost his chops?
4: Because there's, it, it sound, it, I'll, I'll put it to you this way: on what I see in the store on a daily yeah. basis, it was almost like a guy that never had any chops. That was the weird part.
1: Well, weird. because there is a theory among fans of you know, because he's disappeared for years mm-hmm. and like it hasn't put a song out in 20 right, years. Right, right. There's some people that think that something happened along the way to where he can't play anymore.
4: I don't know. I, don't know, I, I couldn't tell you. All I could tell you was that the whole thing was really, really weird. So he just weird. put off the so time. He, walk- right? he walked out to his car mm-hmm. after I helped him out. And I I think he bought the thing. I can't remember. But anyway, the next day he came back to the store and he had about 20 signed 8x10s. And he walked in and just said, I just thought you guys would like to have these. and And it was just like... A stack of them. I mean, like really? not like one for me or one a yeah, few. It a was bunch. like a bunch and like posters, and just all this stuff.
0: And and you he didn't want five in.
1: grand each for them? No, he, oh, just, he just, just
0: gave them to you. Yeah, I mean we just, just like give them all to the to your customers. Well, just
4: he just came in with a stack of these glossies and they were all signed and just left them on the counter and we were all kind of like, thanks. Okay, I guess. Wow. <laughs> you know. It was weird. It was, but the yeah. whole thing was weird. Yeah. I never saw him again. Well, cuz oh. you
1: saw him right around the time he kind of went into hiding. Like yeah. after that, he hasn't been seen publicly really at all. I, I, I just then. I just That's a strange know.
4: encounter. Yeah, it was it was bizarre. But I mean, he just, you know, it was just like he did he didn't It wasn't It was almost like when he walked away from me, I was kind of like, "That was Vinnie Vincent." You know, cuz and I knew it was because I'm I mean, yeah, it was him. Yeah, the eight by I mean, tens. I know, <laughs> I know, I know, I know, I know who, he, I know what he looks like. Right, right? And, and you knew he'd moved here, right? know, even though, yeah. So it was his even wig I mean, like a
0: black, long-haired, Vinnie Vincent looking? It was wig? like one of those Michelangelo wigs. Yeah, I mean, it
4: was like a big yeah,
0: and it was just really way weird. over the top really weird
4: and the whole thing and again the t-shirt the t-shirt it was that's really like, it was like a
1: huge well, face well and I'll tell you where he probably like got pajama,
4: that sh-
0: like a women's he, pajama shirt
4: kind of thing almost like, almost like a T-shirt. thing well you know was that, he, uh, was, he was if doing if you had told me that it was actually a, a transgender person I would have believed you yeah no. I mean he was so effeminate that it was like it was it was a little scary I had a great, uh, uh, now, I love this guy, but I had a really great uh, run-in with Sebastian Bach, too. Yeah, I was going to bring him up. We were playing at the Outer Limit on Nolensville Road. It was this club that was like four clubs in one. I had this really great uh, live venue called Hysteria. We played there a lot. It was awesome. Well, one night, one day, right before one of our gigs, I get a phone call from Michael Wagner Mm -hmm. at the store. And I know Michael, too. yeah. Um, and, and he called me and he, in that thick German accent. he says, Todd, uh, I understand that you, are, uh, you have a gig tonight. And I said, yeah. He says, you playing at the Outer Limit? I said, yeah. He says, well, listen, I'm going to send Sebastian over there to see you and I said cool that's great he says yeah I'm working on a record for him and we're trying to mix it and he's driving me fucking nuts (laughs) so I can't mix the record with Sebastian because he won't quit talking so I'm gonna I'm gonna gonna send him to see your gig I said okay great sure so we (laughs) so that we we get to the gig and 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 he shows up and he's hanging out and one of the funny things was there was a band playing on the bill with us and it was this, and it was this guy that um, that he was the biggest Sebastian Bach fan. Who are we talking about? I'm not going to say who it was. I'm I'm, I can't guess. do that. That's not that's not polite. Okay. But I'm just going to say he he was a tremendous, tremendous. Sebastian fan mm-hmm. so much so that he had the Youth Gone Wild tattoo the exact same
0: tattoo oh wow
4: in the exact same place that Sebastian had it that's
0: extreme fandom extreme fandom I
4: remember this person but I can't remember their yeah. name yeah stalker-esque okay yeah. let's yeah. put it that way I mean, oh, the same tattoos way. this way. exact same and he was very proud of this tattoo well I knew about all this when, when they were opening for us mm-hmm. and when When he got there, I told Sebastian they were actually up on stage, and he walked in, and I said, "Sebastian, you need to walk right down front and stand in front of him right now." And and he goes, "Why?" I said, "Dude, I said this guy's gonna crap his pants. He's (laughs) the biggest fan in the world." I said, and then I said, "He's even got your tattoo," and I pointed to that, and Uh he and he went, "My tattoo?" He said, "My tattoo." He said, "You mean that tattoo?" And he pointed to it, and I said, "Yeah," I said. That exact thing on his arm. And he goes, Dude, that's kind of fucking weird. (laughs) He said, said, Man, dude, I don't know if I want to do that. Is he going to stab me or something? (laughs) Total Sebastian. so he goes and he walks down front and he's standing there jamming to their band and dude's like running around the stage and stuff and all of a sudden he looks down and dude he pissed down his leg he was like oh. you know he just, I mean he was just in shock and he just I mean he was you know he looked like he was going to hyperventilate I bet. after that I was kind of sorry because I, I was like man I wish I hadn't done that to that guy it kind of <laughs> probably really freaked him out but you know he got to meet his idol but yeah Sebastian the whole time you know I could see Sebastian looking down at his arm like dude that's creeping me out but after the gig the best part was after the gig we get up and play and he's out there you know and he's watching us play and then we we go that dressing room was back up under the stage and then there was the load in door was right in front across Mm -hmm. like right outside that door was the load load in load out door out into the parking lot in the back (laughs) and he comes in with his wife at the time, and we're all hanging out and talking, and, and he's like, dude, man, what the fuck's it all about? The Jones, man, you guys rock. That's really awesome, just like he is on you know, TV or whatever, yeah, yeah. just all the time, wide open. He's just like, dude, that's just the coolest. Man, you guys are awesome. And we're all just hanging out and talking, and he's standing there talking to me, and all of a sudden he just kind of looks at me, and he goes, yeah, dude, and he goes, Can you excuse me for a minute? And he's got a smile on his face. He turns, walks out the door, outside, vomits, turns around, comes back, and still has a smile on his face. (laughs) I'm ready to go. And his wife looks at me, she rolls her eyes, and she goes, Train professional. (laughs) (laughs) He didn't even break stride. He just walked out the door, puked, and came right back oh. in. Now that's rock and roll.
1: Yeah, yeah, vom- yeah. vomiting is just a minor inconvenience. Uh, oh, been right there, yeah. he, he just
4: slowed him down for a <laughs> second. You know, He's like, All right, i got to go leave this here. It's Hang like taking a, a leak. Exactly. <laughs>
0: Excuse
4: <Yeah. laughs> me
0: for a minute. I'll be right back.
4: Yeah, yeah. Pute yeah. break. Can you hold on a second, dude? All right. And he walks
1: out. <laughs> 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 okay, dude.
4: Wow. <laughs> nice.
3: And now. Deep Thoughts with Sebastian Bach.
2: And like if you worked at Pizza Hut and you got fired, would you be knocking on the door of Pizza Hut? Please let me back in and no, you'd be no. like, fuck Pizza Hut. Cause when I go through her... Oh.
3: Putting the O back in oh. rock.
2: It's just like a... Oh, oh, oh. oh. A hot night. Oh,
5: yes, yes, yes. <laughs> Yes.
3: Yes. yes, You're listening to the Decibel Geek podcast. Yes.
4: Oh. Of
0: course,
3: before we got to go. Okay. All right. And it's okay.
0: got to be the Gene Simmons story. Tell us the Gene Simmons story, Toddzilla.
4: Well, um, it's actually this is not about me. It's actually about my mom Mm-hmm. my parents um, I was a huge Kiss fan as a kid Kiss is what is, is what got me into music you know that was what I was you know really got me into rock and roll and and Gene was my guy even though I'm a guitar player Gene was my guy I, mm-hmm. I was just I liked the whole persona the vampire thing right. the dragon boots I loved the dragon boots and so Gene was my dude and I had posters of him on my walls from, you know, from when I was like 12 years old. You know? Right on. Um, and they were my first concert, 1977, you know, New Year's Eve, 1977, going into 1978, the Love Gun. you know, live two, you Love Gun. So I saw the real thing. Uh, dates me, but I was young. <laughs> you are around to see all the good things. <laughs> yeah, but I was really young when I saw him. Anyway, but uh, so... I was a huge KISS fan. grew up, it was my, my big thing for a long, long time. And anyway, a few years back, it was around the time that they were um, opening the KISS coffee, coffee house. house at Myrtle Beach. Right. My parents live in Myrtle Beach. Or my, my dad's passed away now, but uh, they uh, they live in Myrtle Beach. And so there was this big hullabaloo of them opening this whole thing. And at the same time, they were releasing that, that KISS for him fragrance. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, I think it was. And they were going to do like a, a kind of an all-encompassing sort of appearance in-store kind of thing where uh, he was going to be there and, and they, they were going to, you know, if you bought the perfume or the cologne, he would sign it or, you know, you could get autographs, get right. tape, made with them, whatever. Cool. And my mom saw this thing in the paper. Mm. She'd also gotten into watching his uh, Family Jewels. She just thought he was really funny, <laughs> and, and she got she got into the whole thing and, and was just really into. It. Suddenly, she had it. When I was a kid, she was all about like, oh, well, you know, what are you looking? What these guys are terrible. Why are you listening to this stuff? It, they, they look like clowns. What's yeah. the deal with the street makeup? You know, it was the whole thing.
0: But yeah. Then, once yeah, she got we all in heard and it.
4: saw him on TV, then all of a sudden she's like, Have
2: you seen their Gene here? Did you hear what he said? Did you hear what his daughter said to him? Have something? you? Man, know,
1: so. You're so taking him in the twilight so I, zone. Yeah, nice. yeah, well, I'm just kind
4: of going, wow, you know, better late than never. So, right. she, so she gets into G. Simmons. Anyway, she sees this thing on in the paper or something where he's going to be making this appearance. Yeah. So she says to my dad, we need to go down and get Todd his autograph. Nice. And my That's dad awesome. kind of was like, oh, I okay. <laughs> kind of went along with it. So these two old people in their late 70s, you know, go stand in line at the mall or wherever it was that he was doing this.
5: You yeah. know, and
4: mom said, oh, it was... It was kind of crazy. I mean, there was all these people. They were wearing this makeup. They had all the face painted on them. But they were all really nice people, and they were just standing in line waiting. You know, and we stood in line for a long time. I just want you to know, me and your daddy, we stood in line for a long time for you. So they get through, and they finally get up onto the stage. They had to walk across this stage, and they had the thing set up where, you know, you you got your bottle of the stuff, and you went up, and you, he signed it, and right. then he posed for a picture with you. Well, you get up there, and Mom said, you know, the, the interesting thing was that all the people, they were kind of real quiet. They were just kind of standing in line but trying to listen to everything he said. You know? Yeah. So they were all kind of quiet. Well, she said, I went up there. And she walks up to him and they're standing there and she says, she looks at him and she says, I have had pictures of you on my wall since the 70s. And he looks at her and kind of like, what? <laughs> was, well, because of my son, and she, right. she said he loved you. And Gene kind of, she said he kind of dropped his face and smiled, and kind of go, "Oh, well, that's cool, you know." Right? Yeah. Now it made sense why these 70 some year old people were <laughs> right in line to see him. Gene Simmons. All the only old people there. You know? oh. so, so he anyway, was starting she, to think
1: he was going to do a nursing home tour. Exactly. Right. You know, he's looking
4: at this old lady going, "What?" And she, and so she. She, and then she says, and I still can't believe to this day that she did this. She says, she looked at him and she said, "Stick out your tongue." <laughs> and he says, "Why?" You know. Yes. And she says, "Cause I want to see it." Nice. And, and you know, yeah. normally does was the awesome. thing where he says, you know, the ground, floor is dirty, dirty yeah. or something like that. He avoided. it. But I guess because it was a kind of a crackpot old lady or whatever, <laughs> you know, he just thought she was cute or whatever. He sticks out his tongue. Well, now they have they had the thing set up to take the picture, right? And they had yeah. the girl behind the camera that was just kind of waiting for the time when Gene said, Okay, take the photo. But the moment he stuck out his tongue, my mom reached out and touched it. <laughs> she put her finger on Gene Simmons' tongue. And the girl had the presence of mind to <laughs> click the camera. The picture. So awesome. I have a picture of my mom and my dad standing there with Gene Simmons with his tongue out and my mom's <laughs> finger on his tongue <laughs> And That's you know awesome. and she said and then the crowd just went People started screaming. Everybody was laughing and clapping and stuff and I'm just howling up. You know, Oh, wow, she's telling wow. me this. and then she said Gene just kind of shook it off and just kind of laughed you know <laughs> I mean? and I just thought to myself mom do you know where that tongue has been <laughs> uh, yeah
1: you I to think about it oh. I mean uh, you know,
4: I hope you wash your hands but <laughs> yeah. anyway with so bleach so that's awesome so, so apparently he he laughed as hard as everybody my else man. laughed and he put his arms around my parents and he pointed to the camera and he said okay now let's all stick out our tongues <laughs> and I have a, another picture of my parents with Gene Simmons, and all three of them are going, ah. <laughs> nice. especially my dad. And he's kind of got this sort of wild Google eyed look going, uh. <laughs> What awesome. have I gotten
0: myself into? My he was so
4: reserved and just didn't really talk much. And he just, he was, he was really the soft My mom is crazy, yeah. but my dad was really kind of, he didn't say much or didn't talk, especially in public and that kind of stuff. But the funny thing was, mom looked at, said, he looked at Gene Simmons, he said, only reason I stood in line this long was for my
0: son. <laughs> nice, that's awesome. <laughs> but I got man. that great
4: photo, and it's just a, you know my mom sent them to me for Christmas. I had no idea right. she sent me the the bottle of the fragrance, which yeah. smelled like Christmas trees. Or something. Oh, did it? was it?
1: kind of stanky. I guy. always wonder what it smelled oh, yeah, like. Yeah, it
4: kind of was real kind of evergreenish. You know, that huh. was, was okay. Oh, but, I, that it but it was autographed me. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I you know. <laughs> it smelled leather and sweat. Yeah. <laughs> but, and overweight groupies yeah, Exactly, but, but she sent me. The a bottle of stuff with the pictures and a note kind of telling me the story yeah. and I will tell you when I got to that picture of her with her finger oh, in his tongue I just smacked <laughs> <laughs> it
5: was
4: so funny there's oh, the gosh. god of thunder with my mom's finger in his mouth <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh man, that is too funny, man! Oh, God. I can't think of that's that's a great way to go out. But before we get out of here, we got to talk about the big thing you've got going on, right? And that's a documentary they're making about you. Yeah, that's, how that's does this kinda, all come that was to be? Kind
4: of crazy. I mean, you know, uh, I have a friend. Um, his name
0: is Matthew Powell. I know Matthew Paul. Do you know Matthew. Yeah, I've okay. worked with Matthew okay. Paul for Creative. Awesome guy. Yeah, Love he's him.
4: Really great. He's done. He did a couple of videos for us, and and he's done some videos for some other bands that I know, and and um, and he and Casey did an interview uh, for us for their uh, internet thing that they were doing a few years ago. Yeah, a, and he had a Jones World interview once, and uh, but anyway, so uh, one day he. Kind of calls me up. he has a company called wall tie films and he 's developed that into making independent films he 's done the independent film festivals a couple of times and and right done some of that short film festival that they do here the yeah. forty eight hour film festival where they 'd got to make a movie in two days yeah. he 's oh, done that right like on. two or three times mm-hmm. so anyway he 's developing this company and he calls me up and he says, "I want to talk to you about something okay, so we went across the street to edley 's across the street from corner music to eat some barbecue and he And he said, uh, um, we're sitting at their bar, and he says, well, I've got an idea. I want to do a documentary on your life. And I said, what? You know, it's kind of like, what? What me? I'm still alive. What the hell? he said, said, well, (laughs) he said, you know, the thing is, he said, it, you've been in Nashville for a long, long time because I've been in Nashville for almost thirty years, Yeah. and been in and around the music industry of Nashville in one way or another—playing music or doing my job at Corner Music as the guitar guy, or or in the music industry. And I I I worked in engineering uh, when I first got out of MTSU, mm-hmm. uh, and I uh, even. Just down the street here at Woodland Studios, I, I did uh, my internship there and worked there for a couple of years right as an engineer. and um, But anyway, so I've been in and around the business for a long, long time. Got all these great stories Obviously, that I've been sharing yeah. with you guys yeah. and, and had a lot of cool things happen to me. And, and, and Matthew said, you know, you're such a local fixture and everybody knows who you are. Mm-hmm. Right? He said, and I've been following you for years and I've been watching you play. He said, every time I see you play, I just think, man, this guy is the real deal. It's just that people need to know about him and people need to know his story. So let's just tell your story with Nashville serving as the backdrop.
1: So is the documentary going to kind of parallel be a a Nashville rock type
4: history? It's going to be about me, but it's also going to be about the Nashville rock scene and, and, and what goes on in it and the people that are in and around it. I mean, he said, you know... You just are kind of this figure that has. You're like the center of the wheel of your little world with Jones World and Funkhammer and, and your bands. Mm-hmm. But it's like you have all these people surrounding you that respect you and love you for what you do. And mm-hmm. you're kind of the center piece guy. And. and and all of this kind of goes on around you. He says, I've been watching this happen for years, and it's a real it's a real phenomenon of, yeah. of, 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 about... He said, you're so unique and such a character. Right. I mean, hell, I that, very that's, why, that's why we're here. Well, you know? I appreciate that. Yeah. I appreciate that. But, it, you know, it, it it's very flattering, obviously, and, and, and very humbling at the same time. You know, I mean, I'm just a kid from North Carolina, you know, who, who wanted to play guitar. And I came to Nashville to pursue a dream. And now... That dream didn't really necessarily come true, but because of the things that I've done and because of the music I've played and the jobs that I've had and the people that I've met, I have a lot of stories and I have a lot of really cool things to tell about, you yeah. know, and there is a body of work there that kind of stands on its own, so I think it's an awesome idea, obviously, I think, I think it's great, so too, it's great. I'm going to go along with it, but You know, I'm very humbled and very flattered that he would and other people would think that, you know, that I'm worthy of something like that. But, you know, we're just going to make the movie and see how it flies. Heck yeah, man. I can't wait to see it. Hopefully it'll expose some more people to who I am and what I do and what my music is. And And we've had, you know,
1: like I said, we had at the beginning, we had a lot of uh, email and feedback on your first appearance here, not just because of the Roth stuff, but. Because they're just like, that guy knows how to tell a story and he's interesting, and we want to hear more about him.
0: And And he he brings brings his guitar with.
1: And yeah, and they love guitar playing. So let's hear a little bit of that. Thanks for doing this. Thanks, Todd. Oh, man,
4: guys, thank you so much. I really appreciate it. Man. Cool. And, uh, hey, people out there in, in, in podcast land, y'all listen to some Funk Hammer and some Jones World, will you?
1: Links in, <laughs> link's in the show notes. Yeah. You, you've heard it on all the breaks throughout the episode. So. If you like
4: guitar music, I'll play guitar for you cool. all day long. Yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> Come back on again with us?
4: Anytime you ask. Cool. We'll hold you to that. Awesome. All right, guys. Appreciate it so much. Hey!
2: We'll